Psalms as I've followed him that I many times end up in the Psalms uh, because life isn't always easy, right? It's, there's hard things, there's difficult things, there's also challenges, there's, there's good times as well, but in each of those circumstances we can find things in the Psalms that, that speak to our hearts. Now, I got to say, Jesus and the New Testament writers referred to the Psalms many times. So I think the Psalms were really special for them as well. They, they went back many times in their writings and referred to the Psalms. And so we're going to be each week looking at different circumstances, but we're going to be looking at um, what, what is God's call on our lives? What is God's call on our hearts when we're going through those different times? And tonight, I, since this seems appropriate to start off, we're going to be in Psalm 1. <laughs> we're going to start right at the beginning, kind of the, the gateway into the psalm. Now, before we dive in, I got to say, psalms are unique, okay? So when we read the Bible, each part of the Bible is, is unique and it's different. It's written uh, by unique people to a unique audience and and there's ways that God is speaking in each section of the Bible. And so in the Bible, there's, there's more historical books. There's more uh, teaching books. And then there's, there's books like Psalms that are, are meant to be sung. <laughs> and they're, they're poetry. They're writings that stir our hearts and our affections for God. Um, the Psalms are special because many of them were written by David, who was a special man who was a very real human man, right? So the things that we struggle with, a lot of times we see in David's life. We see a, a very flawed man, right? David had some big, major flaws in his life. And we can relate to that, can't we? I can. I can relate to that. David had flaws, but what God says about David is that he was a man after God's own heart. He loved God with everything that he had, everything that he was. He loved God. And God saw that heart, and God and his grace called David to be a special chosen servant who would eventually become king and lead the people of Israel. And so many of the psalms were written by David, but not all of them. And we're going to be going through different psalms. I think most of the ones that we'll be looking at were written by David, uh, including the one tonight in Psalm 1. But as we go through this, we're going to be each week uh, taking communion together. And, and that's by intention because we are the body of Christ. We are the people of God. And one of the things Jesus said to his followers, he said, do this and remember to me. He had this, this last supper with his disciples before he went to the cross. And he said, I'm going to eat this with you. I'm going to eat this bread. I'm going to drink this wine. We're going to have this meal together. And I want you to do this every time you gather because um, I'm coming back again. <laughs> and I'm going to do it again with you. So we're looking forward to a day when we will get to eat with Jesus, we'll get to drink with Jesus, we'll get to laugh with Jesus, we'll enjoy his sweet, beautiful presence with us. And, and so we're looking forward to that day. But until that day, we take this bread and we take this, this cup of, of juice and we remember. And so we're going to be doing that. And, and part of the reason we're going to do it in this series is, is we want to be rooted in, in the gospel as we go through the different circumstances of our lives and look at what God says about them and how we're to respond. We always got to go back to where, where's our life. And so we'll be, uh, we'll be referring to that. If you, uh, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Psalm 1. If not, I think it will be on the screen. And uh, let me just say a prayer and then we'll, we'll dive in there. Father, we come tonight hungry 
to hear from you. God, these uh, dear people here don't need to hear from me. They need to hear from you. And so, Spirit of God, I pray that you would speak to us through your word and that every part of our hearts that is maybe hard or is distant from you, that, God, you would pursue that in each of us and draw us to yourself tonight. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, Psalm 1. If you want to look on the screen, we'll start from the beginning of Psalm 1. Blessed is the one who does not walk and step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord, and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yield its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do prospers, but not so the wicked. They are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Okay, so what is going on here? And remember, this was to be sung. And I love, I love the, even the songs we were singing because it, it paints a picture and it repeats some things. But the first thing I'm struck with when I read Psalm 1 is that there's, there's really this divergence of two kinds of people. Do you see that? It talks first about the blessed is the one. So it's talking to us. It's talking to people. This psalm is talking to people, and so it's talking to us. And so there's two kinds. One, the blessed person. And this word blessed in the Hebrew is actually a, a very uh, a beautiful, emphatic word of of uh, the state of being in, a, in great happiness. So literally you could say, very, very, very happy <laughs> is the one. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I want to be happy because I don't like being sad. I don't like being discouraged. I don't like being uh, distraught, even though we have those times and those periods in our lives or seasons in life. And, and we're going to see in the Psalms that, boy, there's times when David wrote Psalms and he was in the pit of of despair and depression and so we've been there too haven't we but but blessed is the one happy is the one so that's one image that we see here of the kind of one kind of person and then the second kind of person we see here is the wicked person right the person who rejects god so here we have a divergence of two kinds of people that Psalm 1 is speaking to. Now, as we go through the different circumstances of our lives, we've discovered that there's really two paths that we can take. There's really two paths we can take. And Scripture builds on this throughout the whole story of the Bible. There's, there's really this picture of two kinds of people and two kinds of paths that they take with God. Jesus talked about this a little bit when he was in Matthew talking to his disciples what we know as a Sermon on the Mount, and he ends by saying there's two kinds of people. There's a foolish person, right, who builds their house on sand. And when the storms come, when the circumstances of life come, what happens? It gets destroyed. It gets washed away. He said there's another kind of person that builds their house on a rock. And when the storms and the circumstances of life come, that house stands, right? So Jesus said there's two kinds of people. Is, and that's what we're seeing here in Psalm 1. And you see that throughout the scripture, that there's this really divergence of, of how, what kind of person will we be when we go through these different circumstances of life? How will we respond ultimately to God? 
Now, as we go through this psalm, I want you to see something that's really important because as he compares and he contrasts, we're going to see that tonight we're not talking about, hey, some people are special and they are the blessed ones and some people are just the wicked ones, okay? What we're going to see here is there's really an opportunity to experience grace, amazing grace, <laughs> incredible grace, because the blessing is available to anyone, anyone who will hear. Jesus said, anyone who hears my words, right, and responds and obeys them, they will be like that man who builds that house on the rock. And so the key here is to hear, to listen, to see what brings blessing, what brings happiness into our lives and our hearts. Let me just look at Hebrews chapter 10 with you real quickly as we dive into this psalm. Because when we see this picture of the blessed person, we see a picture of a tree planted by a stream. And that's really important. That's really important because the key for that, tr that tree is the tree itself is dependent on something, right? That tree can't survive without what? The water, right? That water's just flowing by and that, those roots are digging deep into that, that water. And so what allows that tree to flourish is the water. And so look at with me with Hebrews 10. It says, Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened up to us through this curtain that is his body. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near to God with a sincere heart and with full assurance that faith brings having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Isn't that a beautiful picture in Hebrews of what Jesus has done? Jesus came into this world to save sinners, wicked people. Just like the psalm talks about, you know, there's, there's people who, who stand in the way of the sinner and they sit in the company of mockers, right? There's hope. <laughs> there's hope for all of us. That hope is Jesus. Jesus is the water. He's the one that we can draw from. He is the one that brings life. And so we see this picture here of two kinds of people. The key is, will we hear Will we listen? How will we respond to God? How will we respond when we go through the different circumstances of life? Now, I love the image of, of that tree because we know if you stay outside all the time, there's days that there's good weather and there's days that there's bad weather, right? <laughs> Fortunately, we, a lot of us have homes that we live in, so we don't experience that. But if you didn't have a house and you were outside all the time, there would be days that would be beautiful and you'd love being outside. And there's days like tonight that you'd be, you wouldn't want to be outside, right? It's miserable. It's hard. And trees go through times of drought, right? There's times of dryness. There's times where there isn't water. And so look at this picture that's painted in Psalm 1. Those roots go down and the, the streams of water and it yields fruit in season and whose leaves do not wither. So even in the times of drought, of testing, of storms, of cold, the tree isn't affected because it's drinking deeply of that water. See that picture? It's a beautiful picture. Now, contrast that with the picture of the wicked, the sinner, the person who rejects God, the person whose heart is against God. Now, that picture is one of chaff. Chaff. Chaff is that hard shell around the wheat that isn't edible. 
So you got to get rid of the chaff if you're going to enjoy the wheat, right? So the chaff is hard and it's useless. It's worthless. And the scripture tells us in Psalm 1 that the wicked, they will be blown away like the chaff. So what characterizes that person? Well, it tells us if you look in verse 1, that person walks with the wicked. So who you're hanging out with matters. Who you're with matters, right? This person keeps in step with the wicked. This person stands in the way of sinners. So this person is identified with people who are rejecting God, who don't want anything to do with God, who are ignoring God's voice, what he's saying to them. Okay. Third, this person is a mocker, right? Sits in the company of mockers. Okay. In the, pic- in, the, in the picture in the scripture, I think that we see of mockers is, if you think way back in the Bible to the time of Noah, you remember that story from Sunday school where Noah is building this huge boat and everyone is like, what are you doing, Noah? <laughs> you know, there's no water, there's no rain, and you're building this big boat. And what does Noah say? He says, God has commanded me. He's told me. He's heard the voice of God. He's heard the word of God. And he begins to build. And what do the people do? They mock him. They make fun of him, right? And, and so that picture of mocking those who are obe- obeying God, following God, is a picture of wickedness. It's a picture of a person who's like chaff, who will be blown away. And so there's, there's two kinds of people. Two kinds of people. Either those who hear the voice of God who hear the word of God and respond. How do, we, how do we see that? If you look at, in verse 1, or sorry, verse 2, it tells us the key. That person who's blessed, that person who experiences uh, the, the, the deep waters of God's grace is one who delights in the law of the Lord. Delights. So this isn't a person who just has to, to read the Bible or has to go to church just to listen. This is a person whose greatest love is what God says. This person is a person who desires and hungers what God says and who he is. This is a person that longs for the presence of God. And you see that he meditates on his law, not just once a week, nope, day and night, day and night. So this is a person who's longing, seeking, listening to what God says. Two very different kinds of people. One, choosing to be with people who, who reject God, hate God, people who make fun of God and what his people are doing. And then the other longs and delights and meditates day and night on the word of God. Two very different kinds of people. And so... We have to ask ourselves, what kind of people will we be? How will we respond in the times of our lives, the seasons of our lives? And that's what this whole series is going to be about as we go through Psalms. Because there's going to be times in our lives where it's going to be like that green picture where there's just like water and it's, it's awesome. <laughs> We're doing great. But if you're like me, I've had times where life has been very hard. And there's been days where I've not wanted to get out of bed, and there's been days where I've thought, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> have, you, have you had those kind of days where you're struggling, and you're wondering if you're ever going to get out of those times? Well, there's times like that in our life, but the key is, where do we drink from? 
Where does our life come from? And how will we respond when we go through those times? Two kinds of people. So I want to tell two different kinds of stories, I think, to illustrate this a little bit. Um, the first story is kind of like this chaff that blows away. And I was praying about this, thinking about this. Um, um, what, what, what would illustrate this? And I thought of a movie that I'd watched uh, not too long ago, and it's based on a true story. It's called Silence, and I don't fully recommend the movie. It's, I, I don't know if it's um, fully historically accurate, but it's kind of based on a true story of a book that was written about Japan and the persecution of Christians in Japan. Now, I know from my own study of history that the Japanese, when the first Christians started going to Japan and sharing about Jesus, and the first churches started to get established, so the first people that were gathered like us, well, the Japanese government at that time decided to totally wipe out Christians, and they were brutal. It was some of the most brutal persecution in the history of mankind, and uh, people were brutally tortured and killed, and so this this movie, based on a book, Silence, is about that time when the first Christians were going to Japan. And even today, there's very few Christians in Japan because it was so brutal. It was so hard. Um, so in this movie, these missionaries co come and they begin to share. But the person who leads them to Japan, they met in China. And his name was, uh, I don't know if I'm pronouncing this right, Kajero. Kajero. He was a Japanese guy whose family had been Christian, and he had escaped to China, and then he found, these missionaries found him, and they, they paid him to take them into Japan. So he, he takes them there. But they didn't know much of his story, but all they knew is he was kind of a drunk, and he wasn't a real trustworthy person. But they thought, hey, God can, can work in anyone's life, anyone's heart, so they chose to trust him, and he took him to Japan. And, and he pretended to kind of go along with them. But as you watch and hear the story, what ends up happening is you find out that he had um, been persecuted, and so the government had taken him and all his family and said, you better renounce Jesus or else we're going to kill you. And so all his family had said, no, we're going to, our faith is in Jesus. You can do anything to us. And so they had all been put to death. But when it came to him, he decided to renounce Jesus. And he said, I don't want anything to do with Jesus. I'm not his follower. And so they let him go. And so he ended up betraying the missionaries and the other Christians, and many of the Christians that he came in contact with ended up getting killed. And there's this powerful scene in the movie where where some of these Christians are, have stood up for their faith, and they're being they're being killed for their faith in Jesus. And then it comes to him, his moment, and he steps on the image of Jesus, and he spits on Jesus, and he walks away. And 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 everyone's just devastated by this. But you see the sadness of his life because he's given time after time again to repent and to draw near to Jesus, to draw near to God's word. But each time he just rejects it. And you see his life begin to descend into chaos and meaninglessness and desperation. And it's a very sad story. But when I thought of this image of chaff, I thought of this character, <laughs> this person in the story who, who never listened fully to the voice of Jesus, never experienced the life of Jesus. He never experienced the peace of Jesus or the strength of Jesus. 
His life was like chaff that was blown away. And then I thought, okay, what would illustrate a life planted by that stream of water? And uh, I thought of many, many people, honestly, many people that have illustrated that. But um, probably one person or two people that have most impacted me with their relation with Jesus were my grandparents. And my grandparents didn't grow up in homes where they heard about Jesus. In fact, they grew up in very broken, troubled homes, places where there was anger and unfaithfulness. And they grew up in Arizona, and my grandfather was going to be a cotton farmer, but then he had a radical encounter with Jesus, and he discovered that Jesus came to save him, <laughs> to deliver him from his sin, and to change his life, and he began to follow Jesus. And he and my grandmother one day heard from uh, a missionary in India about the millions of people who had never heard of Jesus in our world, and so they decided to leave the farm and to leave everything they knew behind and to become missionaries and share Jesus with other people. And so they moved to Argentina, to northern Argentina, and they lived among the Guarani people. Now, when we talk about different circumstances in life, but my grandparents were at a time when, when mission agencies told missionaries that you couldn't keep your kids with you. And so the second day that they arrived in a strange country, a new place, they had to drop off their kids, my dad, at a boarding school. He was five years old. So could you imagine being a mom and leaving your five-year-old and, and your other kids? They had five kids uh, alone with strangers. And so my grandparents had to do that, and they lived uh, among the, the uh, 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 tribe up in northern um, Argentina that was very rustic. They lived in a home with dirt floors and and it wasn't always easy, but they were faithful, and they shared Jesus, and, and people came to know Christ, and a church was formed. And, and uh, then my grandfather got uh, spinal meningitis, and so they ended up in, back in the U.S., and God saved his life. And then he ended up in, in Venezuela, where I grew up. And so I lived uh, close by my grandparents for four years until my grandfather got Parkinson's disease, and they ended up coming back here until he passed away of Parkinson's disease. But I, just, I shared just a rough, rough stroke of his life to say life wasn't always easy for them. You know, they had some real challenges, real struggles. But the power of their life is the image that we see here. It says... It's planted by streams of water, and it yields its fruit in season, and everything they do, it prospers. So my grandparents weren't wealthy people, but they left a wealth of, of beautiful example of what it means to live a full life for God. And I'm standing here before you guys here talking about the scripture because of the kind of life they lived and the the impact they had on my parents, the impact they had on us, because they lived lives of love for God that was contagious and had impact. And even today, even this last year, I met a young man who, whose grandparents were impacted by my grandparents, and we just happened to meet. And I meet people all the time who are impacted by them. And, and there's a legacy of a power of God at work through their lives, impacting so many people including myself. But my grandparents loved the Word of God, 
and they sought to listen to what God says. Were they perfect? Absolutely not. But the image I have of them is my grandfather dying of Parkinson's and my grandmother caring for him, not out of duty, but out of love. Um, And you walk into a home and you experience the presence of God in a powerful, tangible way because there was so much love, so much peace, so much gentleness, so much self-control, so much joy that was tangible and that you could experience that you knew God was there. And many people were impacted in those final years as, as they walked through a difficult disease but exhibited all the fruits of the Spirit of God. Now, that isn't something my grandparents could just do on their own. That was the water of Jesus that they were drinking from. Because I've discovered in my own life that I don't have the human resources to pull things off like that on my own. I have to depend on a power that's greater, a grace that is greater than what I can do. And that's why we need Jesus. And we need his word to feed us, to sustain us through the struggles and the difficulties of life so that we can be faithful to our spouses, <laughs> to our kids, to our, you know, whatever responsibilities God gives us, that we can be faithful and do it not just out of duty, but do it with love and passion and purity. We need Jesus to do that, don't we? We need his power. And that's why I want to celebrate communion with you guys this morning and, or this evening. <laughs> I'm confused. Jesus, before he um, went to the cross, he had this special meal with his disciples because he said, I'm going to die for a purpose. I'm going to die for a purpose, and I'm going to die for you. (laughs) Because Jesus knew his disciples weren't capable of the kind of life that Psalm 1 talks about. And Jesus knows we're not capable. And so that's why he came to make possible what we can't do on our own. He wants to produce in us the righteous, blessed life because we can't do it on our own. We need him. And so Jesus had this meal and he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. And after taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and gave thanks and he broke it and he gave it to them saying, this is my body given for you. Do you hear that? He gives us his body. He lived a righteous, blessed life (laughs) that we could never live and he does it for us. He provides it for us. He gives us what we cannot do on our own. He provides it and he says, I give this to you. He says, take and eat this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. Our blood is the most precious thing we have. (laughs) It's what keeps us alive. And Jesus was willing to pour it out because he loved us. And he cared for us. And he wanted us to experience what Psalm 1 says, that tree rooted and able to produce fruit in every season of our lives. Wow. So I'm going to invite the uh, musicians, the worship team, to come up first. And what we're going to do, there's, there's loaves of bread here, and you're going to tear off the bread when you're ready. 
and dip it into the cup and, and, and eat it and, and remember. And so what I would like to do is invite you, if you're a, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you, if, you are, if you love Jesus and you want to follow him, please participate. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus, tonight's an opportunity for you to know him. <laughs> it, today is the day of salvation. Jesus said, anyone who is hungry can come to me. Anyone who is thirsty. And so if you're hearing this message tonight and you're saying, I, I don't have a relationship like that with God, but I, I want one, tonight's the night. And I would invite you to talk to me or talk to someone else here and just say, I, I want to have that relationship. And, and, and the Bible says it's really simple. All you have to do is believe, receive, and then all you have to do is begin to say, I, I'm going to follow you, Jesus. I believe what you've done for me on the cross is sufficient to take my sins away, and I'm going to follow you. And so all you have to do is confess that. The Bible just says it's through believing and confessing that we come into relationship with God. <laughs> it seems so simple, but it's so profound. And so I would invite you to do that. But for those who are followers, would you participate tonight? So let's stand, and I'm going to invite the, the worship team to come up first. They'll just be quiet here for a little bit, and then uh, after they take it, then come on up and, and uh, take the bread and the cup. <laughs>